Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. We're now tuned into the second installment of The Brown Bag with Michael T. Brown. Michael, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Good evening, Michael. Great to be with you for show number two. Yeah, yeah. And the first show was quite the hit. So, you know, we're going to make some changes. I mean, it looks like you need your own time slot now, something on the weekend, and we're thinking about sometime doing Saturday. So, you know, everyone has to look for that. So we'll be moving the time. And just tell us a little bit about the feedback you've got from that first show, Michael. Mike, I've gotten some positive feedback. I tell you, the people that have responded back to me told me that they were really hungry for what it is that we shared, and they want more. So, uh, hey, we got positive feedback. Let's do it again. Oh, that's awesome. All right, Mike, so what you got in the bag for us this week? Mike, tonight we the brown bag is full of empowering food for thought. First of all, let me say, what a blessing it is to be able to join you and the listening audience for our second show. I want to talk tonight about purpose, passion, and how we can better excel in our careers. What happens when purpose passion, and skill set meet at a crossroads. You know what I mean. Purpose, the reason why I'm here, our passion, that strong desire and motivation to accomplish that purpose, and our skill set, the abilities, the gifts, and the attributes that all of us have that all of us can bring to the table. When those things meet at a crossroads and they meet with clarity, then a person is poised for tremendous success. Tonight, we have a special person on the brown bag. And, Mike, let me tell you, I believe our listening audience is going to be blessed and empowered after she shares her expertise and talks a little bit about professional and career development. 
truly Tiffany Smith is an emerging leader. She has a heart for people and is really passionate about seeing others reach their personal best. Tiffany Smith, welcome to the Brown Bag. Hi, Mike. Thank you. So glad to have you on tonight. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about your backstory. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and about yourself professionally. Uh, well, I am in the field of human resources, and I've been doing human resources for 10 years now. Uh, currently, I am working for the Department of Interior as a resource manager, and I, I love what I do. I get to do everything, HR, so many different aspects of it, and I, I love that. I also, I'm currently in school uh, to receive my master's next year in human resources and employee relations. I also, I am certified in human resources as well. Um, it's a certification, it's called a PHR, which means Professional Human Resources. And I am also the vice chair of the personnel committee of the Progressive National Baptist Convention. And like you said, I, I have a heart for people Everything that I do, I do it for the enrichment and for the betterment of others. So it's it's a it's a pleasure and it's it, it feels good just to be able to help others. So that's awesome. Um, we're, we're really glad yeah. to have you on tonight. And one of the reasons why I really wanted why I wanted you on next is because during these difficult economic times that we're facing right now, and in a job market that's so competitive. I thought it would be good to have somebody who's really in the human resource world that can kind of shed some light on some things we might not know about, about human resources and how we can progress professionally. What would you say to someone who might be looking for a job or somebody who might feel stuck in the career path that they're in? What can they do to stand out and really pursue their career goals? Um, some of the things that I would probably uh, recommend, and, and these are things that I that I do myself and things that I've looked at in others and their qualifications, definitely try to learn as much as you can about your profession, um, whether that's if you're in school to get an advanced degree, that's always recommended because it shows that you have, a, you know, more knowledge about your career and your profession and I would also suggest definitely getting into a lot of training if you can. Um, and even if training is unavailable or education is unavailable, there's also there's, there's plenty of free things out there. There's plenty of things to read, different organizations that support professions, and it's just it's, it's so much out there. And even just reading things and just picking up on things, it's, it helps a lot, and also volunteer opportunities. Um, you can also put that on your resume. So even though you may not be getting paid for something that you're doing, but it, it shows that you have the experience, and volunteer work is is definitely acceptable. Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. Tiffany, tell us a little bit about your career path. How did you get involved in HR? Um, how did you find your passion? That's a good question. I um I'm smiling because I actually like my story, but it's um I kind of fell into HR. I always knew when I was younger that I wanted to do something in helping people. So I didn't know if I wanted to teach. I I just I didn't know what it is I wanted to do. So after high school, I uh, got an internship uh, with the federal government, and it was in an HR office. I knew nothing about HR. I didn't have a clue, but it was just a summer job. And so from there, I really enjoyed the work. It it, it brought a lot of fulfillment to me. And so after I started uh, there, after high school, just every other job that I pursued was within the HR type of field, and mainly because that's that's what I had experience in and that's what I like to do. And I really didn't know what else to do, but after you know gaining that experience and 
a couple of years ago, I, I've, I've been in the private sector as well, so I've, I've jumped from federal government to private sector, and now I'm back in the federal government, which I've been in for four years now. And I was able to come into the federal government under a, a different program that they had at the time, a federal career intern program. And I was able to get in that program, start working, and from there, I've I started off as a HR specialist, and now I've worked my way up to a a resource manager specializing in human resources. So it's just been it's been an amazing journey. I've stayed with the same agency for the past four years, but I have uh, shifted into a different bureau or a different sector of our agency. So it's it's a really good experience. So I'm 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 having a blast. And I gotta I gotta toot your horn a little bit. I'm not gonna give your age, not oh, that I no. know your age anyway, but it's safe to say you're under thirty, right? Yes, it's safe to say you're that. under thirty and you're in executive management, you're you're up there when it comes to HR. How has it been working maybe with others who how should I put it? Um might not respect you at the level they should because of your age. Has it been a struggle to to lead Others, tell us a little bit about your learning curve being thrown into that world. So I definitely have had some struggles with uh, being where I'm at in my career and being younger and having to assist or work with others who are older than me. Uh, A lot of times, especially where I work now, I do work and we do a lot of emailing and phone calls, so it's not too much face-to-face just due to all the technology that we have. And so a lot of times, you know, after an email or a phone conversation and then I finally get the opportunity to meet someone, they always kind of have this look on their face when they see me. And it kind of, I'm not going to say their face drops, but it's kind of a, they have a look of shock on their face when they see me. And it's it's probably because I know I probably may look a little younger as well. So it's at first it, it really kind of bothered me because I felt like after they saw who I was, they may have treated me a little differently, um, especially in my earlier years of working in HR. Um, I, I, I'm a quick learner, so I picked up on things. And um, actually one incident in particular, I had to travel for my job a couple years ago. And... Um, you know, I was put on these projects. My supervisor, you know, trusted me to do it and sent me down there. And when I got there, the people in that office, uh, they they actually weren't very friendly to me at all and kind of, you know, just gave me the cold shoulder a bit. And I think, you know, because I knew what I was doing, they had some trouble within their office. And I don't think that they particularly liked uh, that I knew what I was doing and that I was there to help them and give them suggestions, but I've I've moved past that and I'm able to handle it better and able to show more confidence within myself because that sometimes would make me feel a little less confident because of what other people thought about me. But I just had to own up to the skills that I have, the knowledge that I have, and just move on with it. And if people want my help, I'm here, and if they don't, then um, they can probably find someone else to assist them if they're not yeah. comfortable. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting you say that. And, you know, when, you, when we talk about, you know, how the personal can sometimes, you know, mix the business. I was talking with a friend this weekend, and he's ambitious, gentleman. He's, you know, also in, you know, executive staff in his line of work. And he was sharing with me, how he was given opportunities, and even though he sometimes felt inadequate, he was so ambitious that he decided to just take on the challenge. And he know, him knowing himself, he just believed in himself enough that I'll learn the job. I need to go after the opportunity. And I, and I, I, I want to pose that to you. I want to get your take on this whole idea of, you know, finding the balance between being ambitious but at the same time, knowing how to stay in the lane that you're in. Because, you know, sometimes um, people, you know, they're eyeing the CEO position, but they're having trouble doing the work of the secretary. 
Or, you know, mm-hmm. they look at leaders and say, you know, well, I could do it so much better if I were in their shoes. But, right. you know, I think we got to really take a look at, you know, what it takes in order to reach a certain level of success. Have you have you ran into that where maybe, you know, others didn't necessarily think you could do it, but you were able to prove that you could do it? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, also, kind of going back to what you were just saying as far as, um, you know, staying in your lane and kind of, you know, working your way up, that is so important. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I, I think maybe at all times we all kind of experience that, especially early on in our careers. We see someone that either we look up to or we see their position, and but of course we just see the outside of it. And, right, it looks good. They have all this power. They can make the decisions. And then, right, we feel, oh, well, if I was in their position, I could do this better. But it's, I mean, my my opinion, I think it is it is the best thing to learn all that you can where you're at. I, yeah. I feel as if once you grasp everything, if you can say that you've learned everything there is to know about your particular career or profession where you're at and you feel comfortable in that and you can, you know, show those skills and talents, you know, then I think it's time to go ahead and, and pursue, you know, a higher career. But definitely to learn everything you can where you're at, I feel as if in my situation I would not have been able to be where I am right now had I not learned everything that I learned. And some things may seem so basic and, you know, it's like, why, you know, I I know how to do this, I know how to do that, but just soaking up everything you can from, from mentors and those who've been in the field for, you know, a couple of years, it, it makes such a difference once you move on to another position with more responsibility. You know, that's, that's key that you say that. And sometimes we look at people that might be in lofty position or in, you know, places of leadership and, you know, people might think they can handle it. But I tell you, you know, they don't see, like you said, the other side, the responsibilities that come. Um, People in leadership don't get the option many times of being petty or small because the stakes are too high, you know. And I'm just thinking about you in the position you're in. um, And and by me working with young people, you know, I see the ambition um, and that strong desire and that a good, healthy dose of ambition is good. I mean, it's important. But at the same time, we got to recognize, like you said earlier, you got to stay in the lane that you're in because in many ways, you know, um, people, I think, identify us doing the job, and then we get elevated to the position. Would you agree? Yeah. I know. I, I definitely agree. Definitely, definitely agree to that. Yeah. yeah. Let's segue. People um, oftentimes might get the two confused, the difference between a job and a career. Talk a little bit about that, those who might be, you know, working a job that they're not that passionate about, and they want to really seek out their career path. How do you distinguish between the two? Talk a little bit about that. Um, well, I I feel as if a a career is something that it's it's something that you want to invest in. A career is not it's not a job where you're just at the job just to receive a paycheck. A career is is where you want to invest in this certain profession, where you want to grow within this profession, where you where you have a, a, a passion for it. And with a job, a lot of times for us, it's right. It's like I said, it's a, it's a paycheck. It's you know a, a means to an end. And it's it's a way that we can provide for our family and things like that. Um, with when it comes to a career, it's something that you spend your whole life doing. It's something that you're going to want to train in, to get educated in, to try, you know, different positions within that profession or within that career. So it's more, I guess, a way to break it down is a career is something that is long term. Mm-hmm. And a job would be something that's temporary, and I it's see. not too much invested in there. I see, I see. Uh, and a little bit, I want to bring Mike back into our discussion about how social media ties into career advancement and 
and we really want to have a discussion about that. But before we go there, um, can you talk a little bit about take us? Let's talk a little bit inside baseball, if you will. Take us into your world of human resources. Um, oftentimes, you know, people might think, you know, that's just the department that you know make sure my benefits are right and you know make sure my money's coming in. You know, you got to have your money right. But mm-hmm. take us in a little bit closer. Take us into your world of human resources. What goes on? What have you? What are some of the the policies or things that you're uh, that you confront on a daily basis? Well, like you said, I mean, you know, the whole benefits and pay that is definitely part of HR. That's just it's a very small part. Um, human resources is is so huge. There's so many different parts to it, and and they're all they're all necessary uh, for a company. Um, in this day and age, I think more executives and CEOs and companies are realizing and really accepting that human resources is a major strategic part of the organization. Um, because without HR, there is no organization. There is no company. You know, there is no work going on. There is no no, no profit or anything. So... Within human resources, it's very important to be strategically aligned uh, with with the, the the vision and the mission and the goals of the company. And in doing that, you have to find the right people who are going to fit the position, who are mm. going to fit your culture. And it it takes time to really the whole recruiting process. It's you know it's not just okay we're just going to go ahead and post something on Monster and you know, hope we just get, you know, some people to apply for our job. It's a it's a it's a very long process, you know, and having to to re- to recruit to a certain you know, to a certain crowd, to have to select these people and because you want to select the people who are going to stay with the company and who you want to invest in. You know, it's it's tough sometimes when you spend a lot of time and money recruiting um yeah. for people in positions and then a year or two later to have them leave the company um, and for them to go on somewhere else, and especially if it's a competitor, that's, you know, that's kind of even worse, but to have them do that and then you have to fill that position again. So, you know, I know a lot of companies try to reduce turnover, you know, because it, 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 it saves money, you know, it saves time. And, you know, so I just, I, I, I feel like a lot of, Companies and organizations now are really putting a bigger focus on HR because the, it's it's the people, it's the very heart and yeah. the very core of an organization. That's good. That's good. Now, do you work directly with uh, conflict resolution or dealing with problematic issues between between employees? Do you get directly involved in that? Um, well, I I actually don't personally do that. So I'm kind of, in in my position where I'm at, I I kind of do a little bit of everything. So that will kind of be more like of a generalist type of role. So I I don't really specialize in one particular thing, um, which is is what I want to do. I want to do, you know, a whole, you know, a lot of different things. So um, I I don't really specialize in, in, that's what you call employee relations. I don't really specialize in that, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, Mike, you still with us? Right here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I definitely wanted to bring you in on this part of the subject matter. I know something that you hold near and dear to your heart, and that is social media. I know social media has changed the game when it comes to employment relations, career advancement. Um, Mike, I want you in part of this conversation, too. But, Tiffany, how would you characterize how social media has changed uh, the career path that you're in. Well, one of the things I know is um, Monster.com used to be the main place for posting a resume and looking for jobs. But um, LinkedIn is rapidly becoming the the new wave of how people are connecting with um, potential employers and people are actually looking at candidates for employment as well. And I'm... Tiffany, you did mention that a little bit. 
about uh, Monster. Um, wh- what have you seen? What are you guys using more often? And how is social media impacting um, the way you may have been trained to do your job versus some of these new um, resources you have available to you? Well, Michael, and actually, because I'm in the, the federal government, we use a, a different uh, way to advertise our jobs. We It's a site called usajobs.gov. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we do um, segue that into Monster or Career Builder, LinkedIn, or even Indeed. So we 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 use those avenues as well to attract um, applicants. But as far as the way recruitment is changing now, like you said, LinkedIn is LinkedIn is the new Monster. It is the new mm-hmm. Career Builder um, because it's a social networking site as well. So it's 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 so important that if you don't have a LinkedIn account, you have got to get one. It's it's so important because there is so much networking going on, so many people sending messages, emails, contacting you and it it's just a new way of doing things now. You can on LinkedIn you can you have a profile and you can set it up with all I guess similar to a resume, and put all your experiences and all the jobs that you've held, your education, um, what skills that you have, and then the the people that you connect with, they can also, um, I guess, kind of endorse you for your skills as well. They can say, oh, yes, Michael, he's, you know, good at this, or Tiffany, she's good at that, and they can testify for you. And so when recruiters, when they go on LinkedIn and go through your profile and they see your resume and they see what others have said about you, um, what they've testified about you, that's, that's a way for them to get a little more insight than they just would just looking at a resume. So it just, it's, just, it's a way to get more insight about the person, not only based on their experience, but, you know, based to see if they can fit within the culture of the company as well. Yeah. Now, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I, I was just going to say that I've read some articles and uh, I've seen the pitfalls of social media for young people because they really don't understand. Um, you know, nowadays, um, well, when we came up, your resume needed to have some references, but you know, social media is giving a window in to who you really are, that hidden part mm-hmm. of your personality that you may not want to um that potential employer to be able to have access to. Um and can can you just tell us um if that is a um, a part of what you do as far as um do you guys go that far or have you been in a situation where that information may have um changed the scope or whether or not someone would be a, a potential candidate for the kind of work that you've been hiring for? So with us, we don't go that that deep into it, but I do know of other companies and organizations that do. Uh, they will go, they will Google you. They will go on your Twitter account, your Facebook account. I guess now it was Instagram and LinkedIn they'll go to all these different um, social outlets so that they can kind of get to know who you are. And I know for the younger generation, you know, it's it's a way of expressing, like, who you are, what you do, you know, outside of work, the fun you have, you know, things like that. And I think that's okay to put that on social media, to put your life whatever you want to do. But I always tell people if you're going to do that, then just make sure you have the proper privacy settings on your account. Um, I don't think it's wise if you're looking for a job and you have an open Facebook account or a Twitter account and, you know, maybe you had a fun weekend and, you know, just took some pictures or, you know, whatever the case is, and it just may not look favorable to to an employer. Because, I mean, they, they will look at that. And honestly, if it was open, if somebody's page was open, I would probably do the same just because I have access to it. Right. Um, I can't say whether that would affect my decision in hiring them or, or not, but if it's open, I, w- I would definitely look at it. 
but I, I have heard of some companies, which this I, I don't necessarily agree with, but mm-hmm. um, part of the application process is um, they want access. Like if, if your Facebook account is, you know, private or closed, then wow. they wanted access to your account so that you, you know, so that they could see, um, you know, what you're about. So I don't agree with that per se because if it's hmm. private and if it's personal, then that's, you know, then that's yours. And I don't think anyone should have access to your password or to your privacy, but it's, it's 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 very interesting, and I mean, social media. It really it, it's become a whole new wave of life. It's you have to really be mindful and really be careful about the things that you say, the things that you put out on there, because people are watching, and right potential employers are watching. And even though if let's say your page is private, you. You never know one of your friends. Their page may not be private. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes if you can write on somebody's wall or, some, you know, or something like that or like a status, somebody else can still see that. So you, you just never know how things are linked together. So it's, just, it's always just smart to be safe, especially if you're looking for a job. That's key that you say that. And, you know, the the need to make sure that, you know, our conduct is in line with our professional goals is important. I read a recent article that said 70% of U.S. business managers said that they decided not to hire a candidate based upon something that they found about him or her online. Wow. And that just, like, blew me away. 70% of these people wow. surveyed said that they used uh, – social media or, you know, the Internet to find out about that person. It really puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, and another thing I think that everyone really has to be um, just very careful of, every now and then you just have to Google yourself just to see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean Google not just looking at the, the the regular web version, but also the photos as well. Because it doesn't have to be you that posts the photo. It could be someone else mm-hmm. that took a picture. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is your life is no longer private. Wherever you go, there's, a you know, a couple hundred cameras around you in the form of a cell phone camera. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really just have to <laughs> – you're not going to catch a break. Let's just say that. You're not going to catch mm-hmm. a break. You you go out there and you act a fool. Somebody will capture that and um, yes. make sure that it's out there somewhere. And uh, this is the world we live in. But, um, you know, it's been a pitfall for a lot of young people who are, you know, hoping for certain types of careers. And in our area, in the um, Washington, D.C. area, you know, we have so many government jobs that require, um, you know, various levels of security clearances all the way up to top secret. And Mm -hmm. it's things like this that can actually keep you from being a perspective um, um, potential employee in in, in a promotion just because of these things mm-hmm. that might be out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and uh, Tiffany, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, because you, you went in a direction that um, it seems that your interest is in people and in development mm-hmm. and um, in helping to share information and guide. Tell us what do you think it is about yourself that made you focus in on that? Because there's a number of different directions you could have gone because I can, I've looked at your LinkedIn profile. So you've got many talents. Tell us just so we can understand for that person that may be thinking, I'm not really sure what I want, but I think I'm sort of like Tiffany. What is it about this field of HR that really just uh, clicked for you? Um, I guess, Probably what I would say is because I think I've because I've been in that situation, because I've been there, I know what it's like to, you know, kind of not know what you want to do and kind of just be, you know, a little stuck in the air and just just not really sure what it is that that you're here for, what's your purpose in life. And it can be a real it's a it's not the best feeling to not really know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it does take some time. It takes some experiences. It takes some, 
some rejections, some no's, some yeses. And even in the midst of me working in HR for having the 10 years experience, you know, there were there were a lot of different things that I've done that I know that I you know, I wouldn't do again and but it's just it's it's a matter of trial and error. And I guess I feel as if since we spend probably more than half of our time at work, then mm-hmm. I feel that wherever your career is, wherever you're at, you should be happy. Um and so I, I just it's whenever I can help someone try to get a job or help them you know, you know, I don't know everything, but, you know, I can just try to talk to them and kind of see what it is that they want to do and what they want to pursue because, I mean, I know what it's like to not to be unhappy at a job, and it it causes a lot of stress, and it's just, it's just not a good feeling. So I, I just want, I know it sounds really cheesy, but I just want everybody to be happy, and <laughs> I want them to like, you know, to like what they're doing, and... Mm. You know, it's and and I guess because I know it's possible. I know it's possible. Right. I know a lot of people who have who aren't happy within their jobs or their positions and it's like, Okay, well what are you gonna do about it? And you can do something about it. I feel yeah. like sometimes people feel that they're restricted because they may not have a certain level of education or may not have a certain skill, but like I said, there are plenty of ways you can get around that or, or learn, you know, to do things like that. So I just want everybody to be happy. That's all. It's, it's interesting That's... you mention that as a as a school counselor. And actually, this past week, I've been meeting with high school seniors, and we've been, of course, making sure they have everything they need class wise to graduate. And then, the, then mm-hmm. immediately after that, I segue into what is life after high school going to be? What's the game plan? And I get a lot of different responses. I get responses that you know what their parents want them to do. I get responses, you know, based upon what they're kind of interested in. And then I come back with a question. If your expenses could be paid for, you didn't have to worry about finances, what career would you choose based upon passion? And then oftentimes after that, I'll get the real answer. How did mm. how did you kind of navigate, you know, the whole idea of making sure that your personal happiness and your professional happiness meet? Because I believe they're aligned. So what are some practical steps that you would give to people that might be struggling, that say, you know, I really don't like the job I'm in, I don't like the career path I'm in? What are some practical things you think they can do to kind of navigate that? Well, I would definitely start off with, you know, what you said, how you asked the the seniors the, the question as, right, if you – had everything paid for, like, what is it that you would do? What is your passion? And I've asked some people that question before, and some people, they've never really thought about it or, you know, that question has never come up. And so when they answer it and they tell me what it is that that they would do, then it's like, okay, so what do you do after that? So like I mentioned earlier, if you don't have a skill in a certain area, like, okay, for example, okay, I'm in HR. So let's say today I said, you know what, HR is not my passion. I really discovered that cooking is my passion. (laughs) So, right, those are two different, totally two different careers, you know, but, right, HR was just a job for me. It wasn't a career. I just fell into it okay. But I have a passion in cooking. So, but I don't have the money for school to cook right now. I can't get a job because I don't have any professional skills. All I have is what I can do at home. So, like I mentioned earlier, I would definitely start off with volunteering somewhere. People people welcome that. And even if you're doing something for free, which I'll tell you a lot of times you're going to have to start there, if it's something you really are passionate about, you, you start from the bottom. You do, and you have to build your way up to it. But I, I really believe if you stick with it, and 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 it may not be pretty, it may not be fun, but if, if that desire is there, then everything else will come. So definitely volunteering with someone. Um, you know, people are always looking for interns. 
or mentees or something like that. I mean, everybody, there are people who, who want to share their expertise and their experience with others and to give them a chance. So, I mean, that's a great way to start. And then, you know, so you'll have some experience. And then once you have that experience, you can put that on your resume, you know. And also another big thing is networking. So, you know, going to different, you know, organizations that that are in your field. And, I mean, there are so many networking groups, and it's, it's unbelievable. And especially now, you know, with the growth of social media, there is a group for everything, for everything. So it's all about the network and just starting where you can to gain the experience. You know, it's good that you mentioned that because some people might say, well, you know, HR might need to be, you know, my career, pay the bills, you know, especially if you enjoy it. And then you might, you know, do some experimentation and say, you know, cooking might just be a hobby. Because, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, when I ask young people, after I deal with, you know, I want to be a rapper and I, or I want to be an athlete, and I don't discourage that because that might that can be a very viable career. But then we got to say, okay, you know, let's think what might be, you know, more realistic for you. And, or they'll say, you know, I'm on the, I want to be a basketball player, but you're not even on your basketball team in high school. You know, let's think about what's going to be more realistic, you know, for you. So it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned volunteering because that's how you can build – your skills. That's how you can experiment and see, is this really for me before I go and maybe, you know, spend my college, my parents' college money. That right. might be the time before you do that, before you, you know, really launch out. Right. Having said that, I want to transition into some ministry aspects. Talk a little bit about your passion for ministry and what your vision is and what you want to do as it relates to ministry. Well, yes, I definitely have a huge passion for, you know, church and definitely, you know, helping helping those in the church. I, I've i been in the church all my life, so it's, it's not, it's, it's second nature to me. So it's, that's like, that's the other half of my life. I feel like one half is HR, the other half is, you know, church. So, and to, to be able to, to link the two together is is amazing. And like I said, I'm I, I work with the Progressive National Baptist Convention and so that's the thing that I volunteer and do is, you know, working with them on their personnel you know, on, on their personal issues or policies and things like that. I just it's so important to have a human resource aspect within church. I know sometimes a lot of people may see church as church, and it is church, but I also feel that church is also it's 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 an or, it's an organization and it needs to be ran like one. You have people who work there. And like I said earlier, the people are the heart of an organization. And so there needs to be you know, HR policies and procedures and rules and things in place, you know, because you have people working there. If it was a situation where there was no one working, it was just a building, just a church, then, right, we wouldn't need that. But I I feel sometimes that uh, human resources or some people call it personnel may be overlooked in the church because of that. And I... The, the people who are on staff at churches, they are employees too, just like you and I. They receive paychecks. They have benefits. So I feel as I feel like they should have the same uh, resources and as as someone within a, a company would. So I just it's my passion, and one of the things I really just want to start doing more is just really helping out. Uh, churches in the community and really just shining some light on human resources and the importance of it. And like I said, there's so many different aspects to it, but, you know, training and development and staff, you know, how to properly staff and succession succession planning, like it's it's so much to it. So, you know, but, but I think, like I said, because it's a church, people don't see it that way. 
Yeah. And, you know, Tiffany, that's one thing that I really appreciate about our church, the Mount Zion Baptist Church of Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. You know, you get the love, of course, where it's a very loving and compassionate church. But, you know, like you said, you know, the Bible talks about how things ought to be run in decency and order. And I appreciate, you know, the excellence that is at our church when it comes to the issues that you just talked about, you know, um, making sure that that we're modernized. You know, that the church doesn't become, you know, antiquated and, and moving, that we're progressive. And to be honest with you, in many ways, the, the church, or I, should, I should say the kingdom of God in many ways has in it everything that we need. The mm. talented people, the great people that I've met in the kingdom, I mean, it's a game changer. So mm. it's interesting. We meet in churches, we come together. So I really appreciate your heart of, you know, bringing that spirit of excellence to the church, and, you know, it, it really makes a difference. Talk a little bit about how that's, how you transitioned. Well, it's not really been a transition in that. Like you said, you know, you're you're able to do both at the same time. But what has been some of your experience in getting your hands dirty as far as HR and working with churches? Well, I can, it's different. And what I mean by different is I work in federal, so I do federal HR, and federal HR is different from, like, private sector or corporation HR, and that's different from church HR, which would kind of be like a nonprofit. So not only is it a nonprofit, but you have to recognize and understand the culture of a church. So there are just certain things that you that you would do in a company that you technically could do in church, but you don't do because of the you know because of how because of the church and what it stands for. And so for a while, it took me. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand because let's say if like in the private sector or in my world, if you're constantly doing something or not doing something, you know, after a while, you're going to be on a tip, which is a performance improvement plan, and then you're pretty much going to be out the door, you know. That's if they even decide to put you on that. So, and in the church, because because of God and because of Jesus and who he is and how he shows us grace and mercy, throughout our lives, I feel as if the church does the same with its staff. And, I mean, I think it's it's a great, I, I love it. I think it's great because we all make mistakes. We all fall short. That's right. I, that doesn't mean that we are going to take advantage of it either. You know, I don't want people to think right. that you because you, you are going to. You can get fired from the church too. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, yes, you can, you know. <laughs> You know, when people are like, oh, I'm going to go work for a church now. No, no, you know. I'll find you, then I'll pray for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it's ran a little differently. And so I have to, I have to kind of switch modes right. when, when I see things in church or when I hear about things and I'm like, but we don't do that, you know, where I work, if I, you know, but it's, right. a, it's, it's just a matter of knowing the culture and once you kind of know it, I mean, there are still things I still don't understand, and I still have my eyebrows raised like, why? I don't understand this, you know. But when someone who is a pastor or a president, you know, of a convention, they sit down and explain to me how things are done, then I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. So I'm I'm still learning, still yeah. learning. <laughs> Talk a little bit about um, personal conduct and character. As, as it pertains to careers, what are some things that people ought to be mindful of when it comes to their conduct and their character? Um, as far as within their careers? Yeah. You know, we, you know, we talk about, you know, our own personal development, how we should be, you know, respectful and have integrity. Talk about how those attributes, those characteristics, are so important in your career? They are 
like you said, so important. I can't even stress the importance of just of having right a, a certain conduct, morals, values about yourself. That the morals and the values and the way you conduct yourself in 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 business or at work, it it transfers over into a lot of different things. Um, another piece of human resources is ethics. And that comes up a lot, um, you know, in, in offices every day, no matter where you work. Um, and I think we've all been kind of approached with some kind of ethical, you know, issue or decision, and you have to decide, okay, am I going to, you know, take the route of, you know, of being of having integrity about the situation or am I going to take the easy way out or the sneaky way out or something like that? And that's, number one, how people get in trouble and, you know, things, you know, happen, um, you know, if they're caught. And I know a lot of times some people can get away with doing things at work and they may not get caught right away. But if you don't have that, that sense of integrity, you know, in you, you're – you're just not going to get very far in your career or just in life because you, it's just it's certain things you just can't do. Like if you're, and I, I may be going to the extreme, but, you know, if you're stealing from work or, you know, or mistreating, you know, employees, like talking to people, you know, in a disrespectful manner, you know, you have people who actually uh, physically attack their employees or employers. Um, and... I mean, I, I know to a lot of us that sounds like, oh, well, that's common sense. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say bad words to my boss, or I wouldn't, you know, shove, you know, this person or that person. But sometimes you just don't know what a person will do until they're in a situation. So it's just you just you just have to be mindful of the way you speak to someone because you don't not that you would do it, but you don't know what that other person is going to do. And at the end of the day, if something, if a situation happens and you did the right thing and carried yourself in the right manner, you will probably be the one who will still have a job while that person will be escorted out the building. Yeah. So, That's a it's mouthful. Just, it's, just, it's very important. <laughs> so that, that, that really is a mouthful. So in other words, you're saying we shouldn't take copying paper out of the machine. No, no, it's that that paper was purchased by your company. I'm sure you using your company's credit card. It did not say, you know, Tiffany Smith. I'm not going to go and take paper from work because it's it's not mine. And I know yeah. people call, it's just paper, it's just a pen. But no, I mean, how would you feel if you spent you know your hard earned money on something and somebody just took the liberty of just taking your things? You know, it's just it, it's little things like that. So I mean, I feel like if it's if you can't handle the little things, if you think it's okay to to take little things, and what's going to happen when it's the big things? You know. And, you know, I say you no, know, that's okay, and I say that jokingly, you know. But mm-hmm. my larger point, you you said something powerful that that stood out to me. You talked about our character and our conduct, and how much time we actually spend at work. You know, it's, it's interesting. We walk into our jobs, all of us. And we walk in carrying stuff. Mm-hmm. We come in carrying history. You might come in, you know, with an argument that you have with a with a loved one. And I think it is important to talk about how we conduct ourselves on the job. And my thing is that I try to remind myself, and none of us, I know I'm not perfect at it. One thing I try to remind myself is, Mike, you got to check some of that stuff at the door. Mm. Once you hit the door and it's time to work, there's too many people counting on me to get all caught into my emotions. You know, as, as you know, and, and we have emotions, but I think it's important what you say about, you know, being mindful of what we say to people, how we talk to one another, how we treat one another. Um, these are the type of things we want to talk about on the ground, right? So I'm so glad you you talked about it yourself. Yes. No, that, that you are so right about checking things at the door, especially with, you know, careers that, that you and I are in, you know, when you're around people and you have to, you know, you 
if I'm having a bad day or a bad morning or whatever the case is, you know, I, I'm here to service my customers, you know, my employees, and, you know, they're expecting results from me. They're expecting, you know, a smile or just, you know, positivity. And even, like, if I'm, I may not be having the best day, when I try to show that and to exemplify that at work, sometimes that actually kind of makes my day better. And especially if someone says something like, wow, you know, you're just, you're really nice today or, you're, you know, your smile is just infectious. And you wouldn't even believe, like, you know, what I went through the morning or, you know, what's on my mind, you know. And I guess, like, sometimes it's not for them to know, but just to know that, right, that you're doing your job and that you're here and you just have a positive attitude. And that that is an attribute that goes a long, long way, positive attitude. And to me, that points back to, you know, choosing a career that you're actually going to like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're going to have, we're all going to have moments. But, you know, it's kind of like you go into the mall and, you know, the person waiting on you, you can tell they hate their job. Right. My question is, why are you doing it? Right. You know, make, your, make yourself and everybody else less miserable by finding another line of work. And I don't say mm-hmm. that to be, you know, harsh, but I think it points back to passion, you know. Yeah. Find what you're yeah. good at and do it. Yeah. And I think when you find what you're good at and you you are intentional about doing it well, it'll help you through those those rough moments that we all have. And I think it's safe to say you you give me your take on it. You know, we all are works in progress. We're all trying to better ourselves personally and professionally. Talk a little bit about how you know the need for to be a continuous learner on the job and to not get stagnant and feel like, oh, I've arrived because I've reached this position. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. I um, There is, I feel like there is so much to learn. And even if you've come to a certain place or, you know, you've learned everything there is to learn about your job or your position, you know, the way our world is changing, I mean, we are, things are changing each and every day. Technology is we're coming out with new things all the time. So it's it's new ideas, new techniques. It's it's good to stay on top of that. You have to stay on top of that in order to be competitive. Um, and although you may be at the top of your game in this position, well, if you decide to do something else and to move on somewhere else, you know, you have to set yourself apart. Um, you can't, I mean, if you're like everyone else and there's nothing that, that that someone's going to look at your resume and say, oh, well, I see that that they're different, you know. And even with, with all the different techniques and different things that are coming out, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking big, but what if what if you're one of the ones to develop something, to develop a new technique or a new concept well, for something in your career? You know, it's like, right, if, if you can't, if you feel like you can't learn anymore, then, then apply it and try something new. Try, you know, try something new. I just, I feel like you should never stop learning. Never stop learning because there's so there's so much to learn. I, I feel like you can, there, there's no way to, to, to know everything. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tiffany Smith, my goodness, I believe I feel more empowered already. Thank you for blessing us tonight with the jewels of wisdom. I tell you, you are quite an emerging leader, and we're proud of all the things you're doing. And thank you for serving in your career and serving the kingdom of God with such character and integrity. I'm telling you, it's good to be on the same team. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so elated, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. All right, and thank you, Tiffany, for joining us and participating in Mike's new show. And, um, you know, it's gone very well. There's a great second show. And uh, thank you, Mike. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you. And, again, we have a new time next week. But we're come to the end of a great show. Um, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham. And you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. The Brown Bag with Michael T. Bound. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. 
It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.